It's time for the BCHL Podcast. Here's your host, Jesse Adamson. Hey there, welcome to the BCHL Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Adamson. We've got a very busy show for you with three great interviews ahead, but first, some news from the league. The BCHL announced today that they have rebranded their hockey TV broadcasts to BCHL TV. BCHL TV will provide a unique experience tailored to BCHL fans. You can expect the same quality broadcasts that you've experienced in hockey TV, but with a different look. All hockey TV subscriptions are still valid, and they still give access to all other leagues on the platform. There is currently a discount code to celebrate the launch of BCHL TV. Fans can sign up today for an all-access season pass and receive $70 off using the code BCHLTV20. You can find more info on the new platform and have a look around at the newly launched bchltv.ca. And that leads us perfectly into our first guest, which is Commissioner of the BCHL, Chris Hebb. Chris Hebb will talk to us about the launch of BCHL TV and hit on a ton of other topics, including return to play, the COVID-19 situation, the Wenatchee Wild, and the Cranbrook Bucks. Let's not waste any more time and get right to the interview. All right, Chris. So the big news today is that the league is uh, has announced that they're rebranding its streaming platform uh, to BCHL TV. Uh, for fans tuning into games, what kind of differences do you think they can expect? Well, the first thing I think that they can expect is that you're you're going to your hockey league to to enjoy your games. I think the the system that's been in place has made it a little bit difficult to navigate. Now, what we've done is create a front door for our fans to go directly to BCHL games. And, and, uh, and I think it's just nice for us to be able to uh, toot our own horn as, as a league that has uh, kind of built its own brand and, and, and wants to make sure that our fans feel they're at home. You should, you just touched on this a little bit, but why do you, why was it important for the league uh, to kind of put their own brand on their streaming platform? Well, first of all, we have a nearly 60-year-old brand, which we should be awfully proud of. And and uh, while hockey TV is a great brand too, it doesn't specifically take you to you know the 17 BC teams and and Wenatchee when uh, when you're you're looking to engage in the BCHL. So we just think that uh, from a marketing perspective, it'll be to our advantage and. Uh, and we feel that there is uh, are a lot of fans out there that will uh, that will get attached to BCHL TV, whereas they may not have gone looking for hockey TV before. So the league is currently playing uh, preseason games with no fans. Um, there's uh, a possibility of starting the regular season with no fans as well. Uh, how has the league kind of pivoted their focus um, away from ticket sales and in arena um, to its streaming of its broadcasts? Well, first things first, we, we know there is no substitute for being at a live game. And we sure wish we could have fans in, in the arena uh, we we were pushing to have a 25% capacity in our arenas when we started in December, and the public health office is is uh, standing firm on on the fact that there there will be no fans in the seats, and we we respect that. But now, you know, how do our fans actually engage with their teams? And and the best way to do it is to watch online. Every one of our games will be streamed. Uh, every one of our games is going to uh, be as exciting 
through the computer as it you know almost is in in uh, in live action. So we we expect that our numbers are going to be way up on streaming and uh, and we're hopeful that what happens is a whole group of fans gets introduced to the fact that you can watch your away games on uh, BCHL TV as well. Yeah, you mentioned the numbers here with the streaming. And I, I know we're only in exhibition season still, but uh, what kind of an, an uptick or, or a difference has the league noticed uh, when it comes to streaming exhibition games? Well, it's been amazing. I mean, you know, even in comparison to a regular season and playoff numbers from last year, we're up over over double. And, uh, you know, and that that's a that's a number that we're proud of because, you know, if they're coming to watch us in exhibition, uh, what is it going to look like when we actually launch the regular season on December 2nd? So uh, the increase in streaming numbers we expected, I, I don't think we expected it to be this high. So I just want to uh, take you back to uh, March and when, uh, unfortunately, the, the league had to shut down because of COVID-19. It's been almost nine months since then. Um, and I know the, the league office and uh, the return to play task force, which was created uh, back then, have been hard at work. Um, what, what was that process like to kind of get to where we are today, where we're playing exhibition games and, and able to look forward to a regular season? Well, the first thing is there's no playbook for a global pandemic. I, you know, I was uh, I was not uh, led to believe that that I could pick something off the shelf and figure this out. So we had to kind of work our way through it, and uh, we put together a return to play task force of uh, some some really bright guys from our ownership group, and uh, and we set to work to try and imagine what the what the league would look like when uh, when we came back. Um, you know, we had a, a summer of, of listening to a lot of different voices and uh, going to the government, going to BC Hockey, going to Hockey Canada, going to be a sport, uh, you know, the arenas. It, everybody had obviously a stake in this. And where we eventually landed is to listen to the public health office. And Bonnie Henry's group was uh, – putting together assessments of everybody's safety plans and we submitted ours and through a negotiation, we had ours accepted and, and we were allowed to come back and, and play in September, but with nobody in the seats, it was a lot of work. I'll tell you. And the, the biggest part of the work was to try and figure out exactly who was making the decisions. And, uh, and I don't think at, at, at one point anybody was. So we uh, we muddled through, and uh, and and you know we got uh, we got the kids back on the ice, albeit you know they have to pay to to play this year because our revenues are non-existent. We have nobody in the seats and no sponsorship revenue, and in order for them to have a season, they've had to pay as individual players. So I, I know the Board of Governors met several times over the summer beyond kind of the regular scheduled meetings like the, the AGM and stuff like that. Um, what What has the level of support been like at the at the board level throughout this pandemic? It's uh, well, just generally our board is uh, is really cohesive. Uh, you know, I've been around for about two and a half years and it seems like uh, every month that's gone by, we've we've faced challenges together and we've we've made decisions together. So the board has been terrific. And we also have, uh, you know, the the 
executive committee. We've got a competition committee. We've got a return to play committee and, and, and our marketing committee. And these are committees that actually do real work. So the governors are really there to kind of check that work and to vote on what the recommendations are after they've been clearly vetted and, and deeply discussed at the committee level. So that kind of brings us to today now. Um, after over six months off, the league returned to play exhibition games in September. Uh, we're in preparation for the regular season. Uh, what's it been like uh, for the league to have actual games to play rather than just kind of focusing on COVID-related matters as it had been uh, throughout the spring and the summer? Well, for me as a commissioner, it's it's been a relief because, you know, that's our job is to get these players out on the ice and for them to develop and to be seen by scouts and get scholarships. That's that's why we come to work every day. Uh, also, as a commissioner, you're risk averse, right? And you you're worrying uh, on on a daily basis as to whether or not there is going to be a COVID case that that happens that, you know, shelves your season. Uh, and that's why we pushed our regular season to late. We we wanted to get good at at our safety plan and make sure that we were doing everything we could to prevent a, a COVID related breakout. And uh, so it, it's it's kind of it's a balance between you know the thrill of seeing kids out on the ice with the worry that that you know something may happen to pull them back off. Yeah, just following up on that. Um... Uh, I know there was a, a positive COVID-19 test of a, a member of the Surrey Eagles a couple weeks ago. Um, it, it looks like it was just an isolated situation, but maybe just walk us through how that was handled and, and what the update is on that situation. Well, we took real pains to make sure we conveyed to the coaches exactly what our COVID safety plan was. And the, the good news is that uh, they, they took it to heart. And when this young player uh, mentioned that his girlfriend actually had uh, contracted COVID, the team immediately put that uh, young man into an isolated situation away from, from uh, the, the, the team. And I think that what that did is it certainly gave, uh, gave us time to determine, first of all, whether he was positive and that did play out you know, two or three days later. But at least what we did is we reacted swiftly and we canceled the, that team's game as soon as we heard that, that he was positive. And we also canceled the game of the team that they played the night before, just to make sure that there hadn't been any kind of, of uh, uh, you know, movement of the virus through from one team to another. And uh, then we had every kid tested. And as it turns out, it was, you know, it wasn't really generated by the, the BCHL team. It was generated from the friend of a player and it came from a completely different source. And, and you could say we dodged a bullet, but I think we also uh, reacted immediately and, and seriously to what could potentially be an outbreak. And it was a very, very good trial for us to make sure that the processes we put in place are actually effective. 
another thing that I know some uh, fans and other people are interested in is the status of the Wenatchee Wild. Uh, they're obviously the one American team in the BCHL and the border is closed. So obviously that presents uh, quite a challenge. Uh, they aren't on the preseason schedule, uh, the BCHL preseason schedule. Do you have an update on the status of the Wild? So first of all, the Wenatchee Wild are a full-fledged member of the BC Hockey League, and we wish there was a way they could be part of the schedule. Uh, unfortunately, you know, the, the border has been closed. Uh, we support the fact that our federal government has closed the border, and, and it would be almost impossible for the Wild to take part in a season when coming across the border is so restricted and, you know, there's isolation, there's quarantine. It just wasn't going to make any kind of practical sense. And so the wild have decided they're just going to stay on their side of the border. They're trying to uh, create exhibition games with uh, Western league teams and, and also have camps where their kids can, uh, can get to play. And I think one of them is scheduled for Idaho where, COVID is practically non-existent. So they're, uh, the, you know, if, if we have a, a vaccine and we have a border opening, uh, the, the Wenatchee Wild will be right back in our schedule. So, yeah, just to be clear, in the regular season, if, uh, if somehow the border does open up, say, in January, are there plans to, to bring the Wild back in mid-season? We'll move heaven and earth to get the Bonacci Wild into our league. Okay. Uh, on, a, on a more positive note, a, a big addition to the league this year is the Cranbrook Bucks, an expansion team. Um, how do you think they've acclimated themselves to the BCHL, especially coming in in uh, such a difficult circumstance? Well, first of all, as an expansion team, I, I think they've actually been a dream. They have a uh, great young owner with a great ownership group that includes Scott Niedermeyer, who everybody in Canada and the United States would recognize as, you know, a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, what they've also done is they've really reached into their community and, and created an environment that is going to support the team. They Their ticket sales were going great. Their suite sales were going great. And then boom, COVID hit. So they're, they're showing their resilience. There has been no uh, inclination for them to say, oh, let's wait till this, this is all over. They're playing. Uh, they'll be part of our schedule and, uh, and we're, we're happy to have them. Last question before I let you go. Uh, for, for a number of different reasons, there seems to be an influx of high-end talent in the BCHL this year. Uh, there's several players who have already been drafted by NHL teams. Uh, and uh, last week, NHL Central Scouting released their list of players to watch for the 2021 draft. And there were eight BCHL players on that list. What does it say about the league that these high-end players are choosing to, uh, to come to play here? Well, it, it's a league that I think over its 59 years has developed a reputation as a hell of a place to develop as a hockey player. And, uh, you know, we, we look at the NHL as a, a real kind of cherry on the top. We, we really believe that the NCAA is our NHL. And, you know, last year we had 195 of our players actually got scholarships to, to go to school, which to me is something that we're really proud of. But I would have to say a close second is when we see our players develop to the point that they, they make it to the NHL. It's, uh, 
it's a clear indication that uh, the reputation of our league as a place to develop players is uh, is second to none at our level, and we we intend to keep it that way. All right. Well, we thank you for your time, Chris. Thanks for joining us. Okay. Thank you. Thank you to BCHL Commissioner Chris Hebb for taking the time out of his busy schedule. Next up on our interview list is Trail Smoke Eaters goalie Logan Turness. Turness is the reigning BCHL Rookie of the Year. In his first season in the league, he posted 27 wins, a 2.36 goals against average, and a 9.32 save percentage, which was the eighth best all-time in a single season. This week, he also announced his commitment to the University of Connecticut, and he's back for his second season with the Trail Smoke Eaters. There's clearly plenty to talk about with Logan, so let's hear what he has to say. Uh, so, Logan, the big news this week uh, was that you committed to the University of Connecticut. Uh, I know it's a, a long process, and, and usually players have a lot of options, but why did you ultimately choose that school? Um, yeah, UCarm is just a great school. Um, great people there. A lot of good players coming out of there now, and um, the whole coaching staff over there is super f- professional. Um, they all seem they all seem like they do their job really well over there. And um, yeah, just talking to them over the last little bit, um, they just um, just convinced me to go there. Based on um, yeah, just all their everything they have going there, the way they run their practices, um, their their from their goalie coach to their players to to everything, it just seemed like the best fit for me and. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to, uh, to get over there. Yeah, so I, I imagine it was a bit of a unique recruiting experience um, because of COVID. And I, I'm sure the the uh, recruitment process started before COVID hit when things were a little more normal. But what was that experience like for you? Maybe walk us through what the recruitment, um, the recruitment process was like uh, during this time. Yeah, it was definitely a little bit different, but um, they did a really good job and helped me see the full picture there of how their school is. And, um, we did, did a couple, um, calls with the coaches and, a, a virtual call with all of them, just got to know them really well over, over that whole quarantine period. And, um, yeah, just, they sent me a couple of videos of the school and they're building a new rink over there. So I got to see some pictures of that and what that's going to look like. Um, but yeah, it's, definitely wasn't too bad it wasn't it wasn't the the be all end all to not be able to go visit before but um just everything i heard from a lot of people and a couple of their players really helped too to make the decision and i think just in this time too it's it's good to hear from more people and instead of just um relying on one person so that that really helped me a lot in that process Switching gears here a little bit, um, looking back to last year, you had a pretty incredible first season in the BCHL. You were the the BCHL Rookie of the Year. You had the eighth best save percentage in BCHL history with a mark of uh, a 932. Um, how were you able to adapt so quickly to the league? Um, I, think, I think our team was just really good and um, just having a good defensive core really helped me out a lot and having a team that was able to score. Um, I think, I think that was some big contributing factors, um, just, just to help, a a rookie goalie kind of find their groove too, is just having a couple older guys that have been around for a little bit and helped me show, show me the way a little bit and 
find my game early and they were super supportive with me and always felt welcome there with, with the group we had. So I think just the tightness of our group and just, um, I guess the depth in our team really helped me a lot to be able to be successful. And you had played a handful of games as an affiliate with the team the year prior. Uh, what, how did that experience help you out, um, in your rookie season? I think it just gave me a taste of what the league was like before I came in full time and just being able to see how, how different the game is from midget and have, have an idea of the flow of the game and the pace coming in and not being surprised by anything early on. So I know you're from Burnaby, but you, you also have some family ties to trail. Um, what, what are those connections that you guys have to the city? Yeah. So both my parents grew up in trail, um, both born here and, uh, my grandparents still live here now. So I built it with them and it's been a, been a really fun couple last couple of years with them when I was an AP and this and last year and going into this year. Um, I think that's also helped a little bit transition to junior a little bit easier with them, but yeah, my whole, whole family pretty much is born here and a couple of people have moved, a couple of people have stayed, but um, yeah, it's just, it's nice to have a lot of family here, a lot of support. Yeah. With all that in mind and the, those connections, your grandparents, they're able to build that with them. Uh, what does it mean to you to be able to play for the Smokies? It means a lot. Um, my, my grandparents have been big fans of the Smokies. Um, they've been watching games since they were kids. So that's been, it's been pretty cool to, to be able to play for a team they grew up watching. And um, I know my, my grandpa has been a season ticket holder since the Smokies um, have been around as a junior A team. So I think it was pretty cool to him to hear when I made the team. And it definitely means a lot. Uh, so you you and the team earlier uh, in the off season, you guys held a contest uh, around the design of your mask for this season. Uh, so maybe just tell tell us what that contest was all about and where that idea came from. Yeah, so the, the contest was um, just uh, to help me design my mask and um, with, the, I guess, some of the kids in trail and some of the adults. So that was pretty fun. But um, yeah, so it was, I was actually painting it myself. And I was, I was lost for some ideas. I had too many designs. So I was talking with Ben, our um, commentator guy, and he was, he was pretty excited about that idea. So we decided to go ahead with it. And I think it was pretty cool and um, cool to interact with the fans and do a, a design like that. And I think it really helped make a pretty cool looking mask. Yeah. For those who haven't seen it yet, and we can post a picture of it on our social media, but what, what was the winner? What, what, what's the design on the mask? Uh, yeah, so it's got the Smokies logo on one side, and then it's got the two years that the Smokies won the world championship on the other side. And then um, just on the bottom, there's my name and then some bricks and then some trees to show the wildlife of trail. And um, on the top, I got a bear on top just to represent one of my nicknames growing up. It was um, Logie Bear when I was younger. <laughs> so I think it was pretty cool to add that in and just just be a part of my mask. So I think it turned out pretty cool. Yeah. It sounds like uh, you're happy with the result then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you have a new coach this year as well. Uh, Jeff Tambellini was the coach in trail for a few years. He's moved on and got a job with the Tampa Bay lightning. Uh, but how has the transition been with the new coach in trail, uh, Tim Fraggle? Uh, it's been pretty good so far. Um, he runs a good team and our practices have been good. Um, 
but yeah, it's just, it's a little different moving from coach, coach to coach. Cause you've had that system going from the year before. So you have to a little bit of getting used to, but I think our team's really gelling really well with him. And um, yeah, we're all, we're all starting to get used to the systems and the new power plays. And um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, he's doing a good job with us so far. Another adjustment you guys are dealing with is some some high-end talent that's moved on from the team. Kent Johnson was obviously the the MVP and leading scorer of the league last year. You got guys like Philip Lapointe and others who have moved on as well. Uh, how, how has the team adjusted, uh, and what are your thoughts on the new players that they brought in? I think the team's adjusted really well. Um, I think we're not going to be able to be as much of a skilled team. We're going to have to battle it out a little more and uh, maybe come down to the wire with a couple more teams, but... Um, yeah, I think we had some good players recently and, um, our team's starting to, to really work together now. And, um, yeah, I think just going from the superstars we had last year to a team this year where we have a, a really deep team, but we don't have a couple guys like we had Kent Johnson, Philip LaPointe, Owen Ozar, all those guys last year who a lot of them could, could put the puck in the net and a lot of points. Now I think we just need everyone to contribute and, um, yeah, just have everyone work together this year and be able to rely on all the players rather than just a couple guys. So a unique thing about the schedule this year is all the regional play. And you guys a month into your exhibition season are the only team that has played against the expansion Cranbrook Bucks. Um, so for, for those who may not have gotten a chance to see them or, or heard much about them, what's your early scouting report on the Bucks? Um, they're really aggressive. They like to, they like to pinch early and, um, yeah, just take the puck to the net. They like to shoot from everywhere. So, um, they're not, they're not overly passive at all. They're just, yeah, they're just really aggressive team and just, uh, they play like a running gun style of game. Just to wrap up, I'll, I'll bring it back to UConn, your commitment there. So, uh, the BCHL season set to start in December. Uh, is there anything that the coaches, um, that you've been talking to at UConn, is there anything that they've said that they want you to work on before making the jump to the NCAA? Um, I think not too much. I think with any level you go up, you just, just have to get that much better on everything. And, um, definitely it's always speed gets better. Shots get a little harder and all that. So I think. Yeah, just for, for a goalie side of it, just make sure you're tracking all the pucks. You're you're playing a step ahead of the game, and that'll really help a lot when you get to the next level. If you're if you're able to think a step ahead or two steps ahead, and yeah, just it helps the transition so much more. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you to Logan Turness for joining the podcast. Our final interview is with Cowichan Valley Capitals defenseman Colin Ferguson. Ferguson is in his second year with the Caps and is off to a hot start so far in exhibition play. He's currently tied for third in defenseman scoring with seven points and eight games. He touches on his new coach in Cowichan, Island Division rivalries, and his goals for the 2020-21 regular season. So, Colin, the BCHL has uh, been going through an extended training camp model this season uh, due to the delay in the start of the season. Uh, what's that camp been like for you and your teammates? Uh, it's been pretty good. You know, um, I think a lot of us, we, we kind of needed an extended training camp. You know, we've been off the ice for a while now. and A lot of guys need uh, they need some time to find their legs and uh, get back into, like, the hockey lifestyle, you know, being on the ice every day. A lot of us have been 
you know, either working or sitting around trying to find something to do, you know, getting ice this summer wasn't too easy. So I think getting back into a training camp and getting into that lifestyle is what a lot of guys needed. And I know, uh, an extended training camp also allows like the team to get, get together and bond. I think you can build that chemistry really well. And especially for a team like us, like we have a lot of uh, new guys coming on the team and, you know, no, like I think there's only three returning guys from our roster last year. So we have a lot of, we have a lot of new guys and uh, that way we can build some chemistry over this extended training camp and get to know each other really well and see what guys like, don't like on and off the ice. So yeah, I, I think it's been a good thing. Yeah, that's something else that uh, is kind of a benefit here. You guys have a new coach in Brian Passmore. Uh, I imagine that uh, the extended training camp has to help a little bit with that, kind of getting used to him as a coach and his systems. But uh, in general, what's that transition been like for for you and the players, having someone new there leading the way? Uh, I mean, it was a bit of a shock to most of us at first. Um, but I think uh, now with like, this extended training camp, you know, it gives us the time. It gives us, it gives us the time to settle in and get used to everything that's going on. Um, you know, we've, we, uh, our leadership group has done a really good job of bringing everyone together and we got a great, we got a great locker room, we got a lot of glue guys who have really like brought the team together. And, you know, like, I think, uh, now that we got our systems down and we're working on video every day, it's, uh, it's really, we're getting used to it. And, you know, I think we got a good team and, uh, we can really do some, uh, we can really do some damage once this regular season starts. Yeah, you personally, um, just in the extended training camp, preseason games, you're off to a hot start. You have seven points in eight games. You're tied for third among uh, BCHL defensemen. What's been working so well for you offensively so far? Um, I think just jumping up into the rush and uh, trusting my speed. Um, I think uh, this year uh, I've got more of a role of uh, generating offense. Uh, Compared to last year, I, I did get good ice time, but... We had uh, two top defensemen, Michael Giannakis and Boucher. And I think I, uh, I spent last year just learning from them a lot and seeing what they did on and off the ice. I basically wanted to be like them because I looked up to them so much. And I, uh, I learned a lot from them. And now that I have the, uh, the ice time for my coach and he's put his trust into me. And I think uh, a lot of credit also goes to my players and my D partner. They, uh, they put their trust in me and they helped me out a lot constantly talking on the ice and yeah i think uh, i think things have just been going well and i'm very fortunate to have a great start yeah i wanted to ask you about your d partner i know you've been playing with clark webster um what's specifically on the ice what's that chemistry been like for you two playing together oh uh, yeah well he's an absolute beauty he uh i think he doesn't get enough credit for the amount of work that he does he's a solid two-way defenseman big guy works works so hard in the d zone and for a big guy, he moves so well for his speed. I mean, we, uh, we started playing, we started playing together at the beginning of last season and that carried through the entire uh, year together. And now coming back, he's actually my billet brother. So we've got a lot of chemistry on and off the ice. Like he's an absolute beauty of a guy. So we, uh, we spent a lot of time together and when you're, uh, when you're constantly with somebody, you just know like what their habits are. And I think, uh, I think that's like been the biggest thing. So yeah, you touched on it a little bit, but maybe just expand on that. I wanted to ask you about your your off ice relationship. I know, um, and talking to some guys around the team, you guys are are quite close, and uh, apparently a couple of pretty hilarious guys together. So, what, what's that relationship like with him off the ice? Oh yeah, I mean, we and Weber, we just click. I think, uh, yeah, when we when we first met each other last year, it was at the uh, spring camp in uh, May. So uh, he was one of the only other guys that I. Uh, Oh, he was, he was one of, he was my D partner, like right from the gate, like right from the get go. 
And so, uh, yeah, like we just collect, I think we got the same sense of humor. He's a great guy. Love to make, love, love to make fun of ourselves too. I think that that's one of the most important things is being able to laugh and, you know, laugh at each other and uh, keep the locker locker room really loose. So yeah, he's, he's a beauty. And now we're living together this year. So like things have been going really well. Yeah. He's a great guy. Uh, like you said earlier, you were a part of the team last year that you guys had so much so much success in the regular season and won a playoff round as well. Uh, you're one of the few holdovers from last year. So um, how, how have you gone? How have you gone about passing on that experience from last year to the new guys this year? And is that something that you can kind of lean on uh, in the dressing room, knowing that you have had success in the organization before? Yeah, I think uh, last year was a really big learning experience and uh, taking what I learned from last year and. I can really tell the guys, I know what it takes to win, uh, because, you know, we were a really great team last year. I think we had the uh, capability to go far and the habits that we had day in day out. I think, uh, you just need to install those within the players that we have this year and make sure it's just glued in their brains. Um, I think just giving a hundred percent every single day, like it's infectious throughout the team. And when you see like your leadership group going as hard as they can, it makes you want to go as hard as you can too. And so, I think, uh, I think the biggest thing I learned from last year was just, uh, to compete every single day and give it your all. So yeah, I, uh, I think me and webs and, uh, Chorney have done like our, our best to install that in the new guys and, uh, they're doing a great job at, uh, taking it all in. Jumping back to this year. Now you guys are a part of the Island cup tournament in the exhibition season. Um, what's that been like? Like, has it made the preseason a little more exciting having something to, to play for rather than your typical, um, exhibition season format? Um, uh, it's a bit different. I mean, I, I kind of like it having like the Island cup, you know, it's not just, it's not just like a preseason, you know, you're playing for something and, uh, it just ups the intensity of every single game. Uh, I know like most of the players, like they, they want to win and it's something that, uh, every player wants to do the format's a bit different with the uh, two weeks off. I think, uh, with everybody, you know, being off, uh, from COVID for so long, like the guys just want to play, they just want to get going. Right. Um, it's tough, but it's something you got to do. So it's definitely not your normal format, but I mean, you got to do what you got to do. And yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be playing power river here on Sunday, which I know the guys are hungry to get at we're excited to get playing again. So, yeah, I know, uh, the teams on the Island there, there's some pretty intense rivalries, um, has, has playing these guys so often. I know you, you haven't played Powell river yet, but the other teams, has it helped, uh, grow those rivalries, uh, even bigger uh, than what they were? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, especially, uh, I know, uh, we, uh, we had a huge rivalry with Nanaimo last year and they're just down the road. So that's always been, that's always been a huge one for us. But I think with, uh, playing Alberni and Victoria so much, you just, you just grow hate inside and we, uh, we haven't gotten off to the best start. So I think, um, when you're, when you're losing, it gets to you and, uh, like that hunger, like builds inside just So I think, um, I just think the biggest thing is, is that we, uh, we got to use that fire and the hate we have against the teams to uh use it to win and to want it more so i think uh, i think it's almost a good thing that we've been playing these teams so much all on the island because uh we just want to beat them that much more so you you've had uh, a few weeks to kind of assess the team and through exhibition play and training camp uh so with, with all that in mind what are your expectations for the team this year Oh uh, yeah, I think uh, I think we have a really good team. I think things are really starting to pick up now. We got a lot of depth on forwards. Um, our goalies are outstanding. We got Filer and Jolzy. They've been playing absolutely unreal for us. 
I think when it comes down to the systems and we get our structure uh, a lot better and we work on that, we do video and we preach every day that our competitiveness and our uh, compete level is as hard as we go every single day. I think that'll be good. And we've got the team to uh, be a wagon. So, <laughs> um, so last question then, uh, you personally, what are you hoping to accomplish this year? I know you currently don't have a college commitment and I know that's a, a lot of, uh, BCHL players. That's kind of a big goal for them. Is that something that you're thinking about going into the year? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's obviously in the back of your mind, but I think the most important thing right now is the team. Uh, you know, I want to win. I'm here to win. Uh, nobody likes to lose. Um, I think uh, a lot of the players we got here want to win too. They have that same attitude, that same mentality. Uh, absolutely, yeah, I want to get a commitment, but I think uh, the number one thing I got to focus on right now is the team. So, Perfect. Well, I appreciate you taking the time today, Colin. Thanks a lot. Big thanks to Cullen Ferguson for joining the podcast and another thank you to BCHL Commissioner Chris Hebb and Trail Smoke Eaters goalie Logan Turness, who were our other guests. And a reminder, head to bchltv.ca to check out the new platform. If you haven't signed up yet, use the BCHLTV20 discount code for $70 off an all-access season pass. That discount code again is BCHLTV20. Visit bchltv.ca for more information. A special thanks to our producer, Greg Ballack, once again for putting this podcast together. Thanks everyone for listening and we will catch you again next week.